morning and welcome. Happy Friday. Patriot Radio News Hour. Give yourself a round of applause. We made it through another week. Uh, Jason, the echo way too loud. If you can help me out, please. Thank you. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com. Make sure you check it out. It's the greatest website in the business. Make it part of your daily routine. Keep you in the know. It's heating up here in the Valley of the Sun. 100 degrees just around the corner. Uh, Where where are we at? Oh, it was jobs day today. And it was quite a number. It was on the, I'll say this, you know what? I thought it was pretty good. I really did. And then you started seeing some of the details come out. (laughs) And you started scratching your head thinking, uh, maybe not so good. I wasn't sure. And then I started, you know, something I normally don't do is, uh, because I was here, you know, when the number came out, I was already here at work. Came out about 5.30 Arizona time. And I started, I turned on the, the, uh, my laptop and started listening to the idiots on TV. And even they were scratching their head. Uh, the headline number was up 190, I think it was 196, something like that, 196,000. I mean, the headline number was good. It was good. The rest of it, though, that's where the trouble started. Uh, In the next segment, we'll break it all down. The president came out this morning. Once again, going after the central bank. uh, Hammering Jay Powell, demanding rate cuts, blaming them for the the slowdown here. And when you looked into and, and again... Now, remember, I'm trying to put it all together. I see the headline number. I'm like, hey, that's okay. Start turning on the idiot box and, 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 you know, guys like Kramer and even the Homer guys. The the ones that no matter what the number is, tell you how great it is. Even they were like, oh, you know, could have been better. And then the president comes out. And, and says that the central bank needs to cut rates, right? We, we're, we're seeing all of this happen. And I'm starting to get a little concerned. It's one thing when Larry Kudlow does that. I mean, I don't really take anything Larry Kudlow says very serious to begin with. By the way, for those of you that don't know who that is, he's just the economic <laughs> advisor of the country. But before he did that, he used to be one of the guys on the idiot box. Who's the, he's a big cheerleader. That's what he is. He's a cheerleader guy. We all have friends like that. Right? You know, the friend that no matter what uh, always believes that good things are going to happen. We, we got a good buddy of ours, our buddy Rob. He loves ASU and the Diamondbacks, and I mean loves them. And... and we always make fun of him because every year he thinks uh, they're going to have great years. No matter what, no matter how bad, you know, we lost all, like the Diamondbacks, we lost all our best players. And, oh, no, it's going to be okay. They're homers. The president's not a homer. 
and he's out there uh, hammering the central bank this morning, and and I he really got me to you know what maybe I need to dig even deeper than I normally do into this jobs number. So I did, and by digging deeper, I just uh, used the internet to find somebody who who did. <laughs> who did the work already, and then I can regurgitate it to all of you. So we'll, um, excuse me, so we'll go over that after the break. We're going to, uh, I'll give you at least a part of what the president said yesterday. Some interesting comments out of Saudi Arabia. A, well, let's call it what it is. A threat to the United States. Tell you what that's all about. Have you seen gas price? I just gassed this morning. It's it's incredible. I, I don't even know what's happened here, but two eighty five is the cheapest, and a lot of places gas above three bucks here in Phoenix. And now the the, the Saudis uh, made a threat about U.S. debt yesterday. We'll talk about that as well. And then, of course, there was more retail store closings. Uh, this time, the jewelry store operator, uh, K's and Zales, uh, they're closing over 150 more stores. Uh, re- same store retail sales were down 2% for the jewelry operator. So the, the emptying of the malls continues. Uh, but it got a very, very interesting show lined up for you. Uh, as the headline job li- or the, the headline jobs number was about the only thing that was good in the report, uh, the president. By- oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw too. He's nominated Stephen Moore, and now yesterday Herman Cain. Remember Herman Cain? He was running for president. He's the uh, like the pizza billionaire guy, and he was on the nine 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 plan. Apparently, he's gotten nominated to be at the on the Federal Reserve Board. The president trying to shake things up at the central bank. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Before anybody gets any crazy ideas about the headline jobs number which actually masked signs of pervasive weakness in employment not only in in wage growth the quality of the jobs the type of jobs anybody thinking about raising rates better think again as the president slammed the central bank this morning Uh, in a group of reporters in D.C., instead of sticking with its quote-unquote pause, the president said the central bank should drop interest rates, something that the markets have already priced in. I did not know that. I guess the markets are already pricing in an interest rate, or I guess an interest rate cut, I don't know adding that the central bank has really slowed the American economy. Uh, Setting aside the, well, I guess the, uh, how do you say it? Listen, the president wants the economy to be better. 
And I think he's looking at a lot of the same things that I've been seeing. Right? When you kind of peek under the hood, things are good in certain spots. Some of the spots where things were really good have turned around and are headed the other direction. And uh, the president wants it to continue. He says that the Fed should drop rates. I think they've really slowed us down. Now he sticks to the there's no inflation. That's not true. In terms of quantitative tightening, it should really be quantitative easing. So here you go, right? Because isn't this how it works? Right, first, you, you, you got to build up, right? And everybody now, right, this is what they do. They use the media to build things up. And, and we talked about this what, for the last few weeks, right? They're getting more and more people talking about, hey, we need to cut rates. Right, first it was Janet Yellen, and then it was Larry Kudlow, and then it was Stephen Moore, and then Herman Cain, the president, right, on and on and on and on. This is the first time now I've heard quantitative easing making a comeback. Not sure, but I, I, would, I would say that the president... It's starting to get a little worried. And then I look at who is appointing or trying to get onto the central bank. See, the president has said it all along. Matter of fact, he said it before he got elected. After he got elected, he'll say it today. The dollar's too strong. Listen, we can't compete with the dollar this high, right? Then, of course, all, all of that good for gold prices. So what was he so worried about? I mean, we did. We had a great number. You know, and, and, and I, well, the headline number, I guess great is probably too strong, but it was a good number. Well, we started to look into it. So remember, we get two different numbers. Okay, you get the the jobs number, right, the headline number, the one that you'll see uh, splashed across the idiot box. That was 196 thousand jobs created in March. Okay. Then you get the number from the household survey. And this is where you get your unemployment rate. But in that household survey, they also do a very good job of telling you the type, not necessarily the type, Right. Well, and by type, like, is it a healthcare job? Is it an education job? A manufacturing job? A retail job? But the quality of the job, right? The household survey, you get the quality of the job. The household survey showed that the number of employed workers. Okay, so just just think about it this way. At the end of February. We had, you know, somewhere around 157 million people employed, okay? Just under, just right under that number, 
uh, $157 million. I'll, I'll give you the exact. Uh, give me a second here. Uh, I know it's live radio, so you can't see me uh, tapping on my calculator. We had $156,949,000 people working. Right, and we're somewhere, I mean, now with all the illegals, uh, somewhere approaching, what, 325 million people in the country? So essentially we have just under, you know, one person working for every two people in the country. Right, so half, half, a little over half the country isn't working out. Some of them aren't of working age, obviously, right, and some of them are way too old, so, you know. But, but that's where we're at. And then they said, hey, we created 196,000 jobs. So you're like, oh, okay, well, that, that's, that's good. That, that, that's a good number. Right? That should really help. That'll put us over 157 million jobs. It's not what happened. The household survey said, that there is actually 201,000 less people working. So, what? (laughs) Again, this is why the numbers aren't what they appear to be. So, one one government report says, hey, we got 196,000 jobs created. Another government report says, hey, uh, we actually have... 201,000 less people working. Now, I kind of do math a little differently, right? You know, I'm looking at there's 200,000 less people working. How did we create 196,000 jobs, right? You kind of look and you're like, you know, how does those two go together? Well, let me tell you how. Part-time work. And lots of it. In other words, most of all of the job growth came with people that were already working. Right? They just had to get another job. (laughs) Right? Hey, I I already had a job. Then I had to get another job. The number of full-time workers, by the way, dropped 190,000. The biggest monthly decline since August of 2018. And then when you start looking deeper into it, the number of part-time jobs. Now, that's where the increase came. But it was only 60,000. So according to the household survey, we actually had a lot less jobs in March. The, The difference was a lot of people got a second job. And then a bunch of people, they just disappeared. The unemployment rate remained unchanged. Even though 200,000 people left the workforce. In digging further into the numbers, so we're not done. Manufacturing, which is where we've been one of those good numbers. I've been worried about this, right, because there's a lot of inventory out there, a lot of it. In other words, they built a lot of stuff, just haven't sold as much as they needed to. 
That actually lost jobs. The, the number was eight-tenths of a percent lower hourly earnings in manufacturing. The lowest in 58 months. That's, you know, public school math there. It's almost five years. What happened was in the manufacturing sector, a lot of people work in overtime. And the overtime is almost entirely dried up. In other words, for manufacturing, uh, all the overtime went away. Jobs were down. Hours worked down, which, you know, obviously means what? Paid out. They said that the sum of the manufacturers down to 41 hours, which, by the way, lowest in years, as we talked about, Construction, same type of a problem. The construction worker uh, down four-tenths. Manufacturing uh, down seven-tenths. Goods producing, which I'm not sure what the difference is, uh, eight-tenths on that one. down. And these were all negative numbers. Mining added 2,000 jobs. Construction, 16,000. Manufacturing... Down 6,000. By the way, all of that in the automotive industry. Uh, The construction and manufacturing payrolls, by the way, the weakest in over three years. Transportation down 5,000. Here's the other one that kind of stuck out at me. They said that retail was only down 12,000 jobs. So, you know, you got to you got to take that headline number with the with a grain of salt. Small business was also substantially weaker. Temporary help was down 5,000. That's another one of those indicators. Where was the growth? So, where was the growth? Healthcare 61,000 jobs, food service, 27,000 jobs, bars and restaurants, 34,000 jobs. All three of those categories, that's your part-timers. That's your low-wage, part-time, uh, and that's kind of where the, the, the good jobs, the good jobs in this, Technical services was up 30-some thousand, 33,000, mostly computer system design. So if you're looking for where you want to go, I guess computer system design, that made up a third of the, I guess, the good-paying jobs in in the report. So that's what's got everybody nervous today. Uh, Gold, which initially fell on the headline number, has turned around. The gold's now up, uh, up not huge, but up a couple of bucks here. Twelve hundred and ninety-one, twelve ninety-two. Uh, the Dow is pretty flat. When we get back, we're going to talk about Saudi Arabia. What made them upset, and what they said they're get, uh, what they said they're going to do if the United States follows through on its, well, I guess it's 
threat, if you will, perceived threat to OPEC uh, that has caught the Saudis' attention and what they plan to do with its currency reserves. Right? And we've been talking a lot about that. Remember, every month now, month after month after month, we got to sell more debt. Problem is, it started to become what? A lot more debt. China stopped buying. Japan stopped buying. Russia flat out sold. And now the Saudis said, hey, you know what? We may be the next country to ditch the dollar. I'll tell you all about that when we return. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. I hope. What a Friday, right? Don't touch that dot. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Leftist politicians like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York have been touting a dangerous new bill called the Green New Deal. Ocasio-Cortez is making so many waves in Congress that she's known now by her initials, AOC. Defeated Senator Claire McCaskill of Missouri expressed dismay at the attention given to AOC, but she appears to be the future of the Democratic Party. An entrenched Democrat was routed by AOC in the primary, and many Democrats are fearful of the same fate if they oppose the new progressive agenda pushed by AOC and other socialists. Senator Bernie Sanders has long been the face of socialism, and he has eagerly thrown his support behind the Green New Deal. That's not something we should take lightly. Let's not forget that he nearly won the Democrat nomination for president in 2016, and he could be the standard bearer for the Democrat Party in 2020. Already, more established Democrats are supporting the Green New Deal, including presidential candidates Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, and Senator Elizabeth Warren. It should come as no surprise that this array of socialists and liberals are jumping at the opportunity to support the Green New Deal. Full-scale socialism with strict government control of production and energy use would be necessary to implement the Green New Deal. Even before diving into the specifics of the Green New Deal, one has only to look at the underlying principle of this deal to see its shortcomings. The basic premise of the bill is that Americans need to be totally controlled by the government so the planet can be saved. Not only do individual consumers need to be controlled, but every business in every industry needs to be subjected to this control. Entire industries would need to be shut down completely and remade in the image of the bureaucracies at the EPA. This is a kind of tyranny that would make George Orwell flinch. AOC's Green New Deal isn't a new deal for the American people. It's a new deal for the politicians and bureaucrats so they can expand their power. Do your part by standing with me against this attack on our freedom. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's no secret that globalists are bent on destroying Western culture. Whether the threat comes from inside or outside our borders, America must be protected from cultural Marxism and those who would deny American sovereignty. We're seeking your insight at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800 <laughs> This is what we have now. 
because we have this central bank that are a bunch of clowns, right? We, we, we elect these politicians that like to spend our money that we don't have. Now we're so reliant upon the rest of the world, we're now vulnerable. So this isn't the first time, right? The first time Saudi Arabia threatened to do it was when we were going to allow the Saudi government to be held responsible for 9-11. Which, let's face it, we all know that they were involved. If you believed it actually happened. Well, we know it actually happened, but you know what I mean. Cover up, terrorist attack, you decide. But the Saudis threatened back then that they were going to dump the dollar. They threatened it a year ago, and now they're threatening it again today. Reuters citing three unidentified people within the Saudi energy policy. Saudi Arabia has let the United States know that it will drop the dollar as its main currency in selling its oil if the United States goes through with passing a bill that exposes OPEC members to U.S. antitrust laws. They all go, again, right? We sit there, we talk about China and this trade deal. This is along the same lines. We entered into these agreements with these countries that essentially allow them to rip us off. And I love the China story, right? Oh, we're 90% there for a deal. And then you look at what they say is remaining. Enforcement of China stealing our technology is the first one. And I'm like, wait a minute, isn't that the whole reason we started this thing about, right? Wasn't that the reason, hey, China keeps stealing all our stuff? I don't know. Call me crazy. By the way, they're gonna they're gonna set it up for a nice deal. China's gonna let J.P. Morgan do some more banking. Something's gonna get done. I'm I, I'm now. Remember now, for the last few years, I told it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. It will now. Because they they're gonna give J.P. Morgan some access, and and I think what's gonna happen is China's trying to negotiate. Hey, we'll 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 play by your rules, but we need time. And they're, they're, the China's thinking 2025. Because China knows how to do math. Hey, we think Trump's probably going to win again. Uh, he's out of office in 2024. Perfect. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, don't quote me. I don't know what I'm talking about. The Saudis know they have the dollar as a nuclear option. The Saudis say... Let America pass the uh, NOPEC, is what they're referring it to to, as. And it would be the U.S. economy that would fall apart. Riyadh reportedly communicated the threat to senior U.S. energy officials, according to Reuters. The bill, the No Oil Producing and Exporting Cartels Act, 
was first introduced all the way back in 2000, aims to remove sovereign immunity from U.S. antitrust laws, paving the way for OPEC states to be sued for curbing output in a bid to raise oil prices. In other words, I mean, really think about it. Hey, we don't want you to be to use oil as a weapon. Right? That's really what this bill was about. Right? At any time they want, well, look at it now. Why, why is gas almost three bucks a gallon? Well, part of it is we want to invade Venezuela. Well, I don't know about invade, but regime change. Uh, we, we sanctioned Iran, right? right? So Iran's oil is limited. That, those two things come to mind. But, of course, I'm a little bit, you know, what? We, we're so close. So close to being energy independent. Uh, I, I just wish we'd go for it. You know, I, I I'd pay three bucks. I would. I'd pay three. I'd pay four. If that meant that we didn't have to mention the word OPEC ever again, well, who cares? But you know, this is the the global market. We actually really don't get a lot of oil from Saudi Arabia at all. I guess it's the rest of the, you know it's the quote unquote global oil market that they're all worried about. But they, you know, essentially said, hey, listen, we don't want you to be able to collude, right? Go have these big meetings, right, and all agree that, okay, you know what, you produce this and this and this and this and this way we'll get the price to go up. The bill has never made it to law despite numerous attempts. The legislation has gained momentum since President Trump came to office. You know, just another one of these little things. Trump says he backs the bill, which he, in a book published in 2011, Trump has stressed the importance of the U.S.-Saudi relationship, a move by Saudi Arabia to ditch the dollar would resonate well with big non-OPEC oil producers such as Russia, as well as major consumers such as China and the EU, which have been calling for more moves to diversify global trade away from the dollar and dilute the U.S. influence over the world economy. I don't know. What do you think? Here's the thing I know. If we didn't have a $22 trillion deficit, this wouldn't even be an issue. Right? But now now we got to sit there and guess what? We got to take it. Right? We can't afford to have the Saudi. Could you imagine what that would do? I don't even want to think about it. This is how tenuous things really are. I don't think people really understand how important, because oil is the biggest commodity of them all. Really, when you look at global trade in dollars, oil's number one, right? More money 
gets done buying and selling oil than any other thing in the world. Okay, It's the biggest piece. Then you take the biggest producer. Well, we're actually the biggest now. Good for us. Right? Russia already's done it. Russia. So here's the big three. Us, the Saudis, and the Russians. Saudi Arabia, threatening to stop selling oil in dollars. Just Saudi Arabia alone forces the rest of the world to hold about $400 billion of U.S. debt, give or take, just for the oil every year. Right, so and again, we talk about this. How do they hold the debt? They don't keep money in the bank, right? So think about it. you're China, right? China knows, hey, okay, well, you know, it's 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 April now, and they're looking ahead, and they know, hey, you know, come come September or October, November, we're gonna need this many barrels of oil. They don't leave the money sitting in the bank. They buy treasuries. right? Hey, we're going to buy six-month treasuries at the debt auction that the U.S. has every day. And then six months from now, we're going to use that money to, to pay for the oil. Because they don't, listen, the government's, they don't keep the money in the bank. <laughs> That's for us suckers. And now the, the Saudis seemingly now starting to threaten this more and more. Anything we try to do that they don't like, this is always their go-to card. What's changed? They never used to make a threat like that. I mean, obviously the size of our debt, number one, but it's China. China is compelling Saudi Arabia to trade oil in Chinese yuan. And when this happens, the rest of the oil markets are going to follow suit, according to Carl Weinberg, chief economist of high-frequency economics, said to CNBC. By the way, China's been prompting the Saudis now ever since they became a reserve currency. Remember, the Russians buying gold, China's buying gold, Turkey's buying gold, right? I mean, you're, right, we're starting to see all these countries starting to buy gold. The Saudis obviously been talking about a global-backed uh, Mideast currency. China has become the dominant global player when it comes to oil demand. China the U, uh, is the biggest importer of oil on the planet. And Saudi Arabia has to pay attention because even as much as one or two years from now, Chinese demand will dwarf that of the United States. I believe that yuan pricing of oil is coming, and as soon as the Saudis move to accept it, 
as the Chinese will compel them to do, the rest of the oil market will move with them. By the way, since 1974, Saudi Arabia has accepted payments for nearly all of its exports in dollars. Right, so think about one of the things that the central bank did. We went full fiat in 1971. One of the first things they did, right, was, hey, become buddy. Now we know, you know, why do we tolerate the Saudi regime? This is it right here. As China imports more and more oil from countries across the world, the idea of having to purchase the same oil in dollars has become increasingly irritable to Beijing. China has been seeking to ratchet up the pressure on Saudi Arabia over the form of currencies in which their oil trades is conducted. Which, by the way, how have they been doing it? Well, they've been buying less and less oil from the Saudis. So, uh, moving out, here you go. I was looking for the number. So the Saudis alone, right, I said, you know, four or five hundred billion, moving the oil trade out of dollars. Six to eight hundred billion dollars is the number. So I was a little light. See, even when I try to be, you know, on it, I was a little light. Six to eight hundred billion dollars. That's an annual number. And you think about, you know, that's almost a trillion dollars that no longer what need to be U.S. Treasuries need to be bought in. Uh, very interesting, right? So we're sitting there, we're watching all this play out. Everybody's focused on the U.S.-China trade deal. Then we find out behind the scenes, China's pressuring the Saudis and it seems like it may be working. Picture Radio News Hour, final segment before we head out for the weekend. Isn't it interesting putting a, another piece of the puzzle together? You know, we, we sit there, we find out, right, gold's now a tier one asset. And all of a sudden, all of these countries, right, now we understand why these countries said, hey, give us our gold back, why all these countries started adding. Then last year, right, we set a record since, well, since 1971. By the way, the second highest level ever of central banks buying gold. I think the, the highest year was 1967. And then this year, or last year, 2018, the second highest total ever of central bank gold buying. And you think central banks really hadn't bought any gold from like 1971 uh, to what, to like 2005? They were sellers. Now they're all buyers. And now we're kind of hearing about China pressuring the Saudis into selling oil, right, in Chinese renminbi, right, Chinese yuan. And you think just the oil trade. Just under a trillion dollars a year. So, I mean, it's big money. And you're starting to, you know, kind of feel the squeeze uh, of the U.S. uh, role in the reserve currency, right? We we talked about it the other day. 
Right? We're down to 61%. In 2000, we were at 75%. 75% of the world held their wealth in dollars, right, in treasuries. It's down to 61 and falling. I mean, let's face it, Saudi, if Saudi goes through with it, right, we'll be in the 50s real quick. Right now, a uh, quick look here. Remark before we had our gold's up a couple, 1291 and change. Uh, silver uh, just turned positive. Silver's at 1511. Uh, the Dow is up 15 points right now as uh, the uh, higher jobs number offset by the devil in the details, if you will. Uh, platinum. Have you seen it? Yeah. 896 on platinum. I told you that was a great buy. Although the, all of you that took my advice, here it comes. Uh, platinum, uh, $896. Palladium, uh, 1360. Rhodium, 2700 bucks. Today I've got a silver special, silver rounds. Assorted. They're uh, all different kinds of silver rounds. 320 bucks a roll. Uh, that puts your cost at 89 cents over spot at 800 You know me, I love being close to spot. U.S. silver rounds, 89 cents over, $320 a roll. Uh, take the time. By the way, we have those live, live in Colorado, live here in Phoenix. They're in-house, in stock, ready to go. I know today uh, all the... Uh, Mint State 6120s and 6110s are landing and going out uh, early next week. All the 65s, or was it 65, 64s? All the 64 Saints uh, will be going out early next week. Take the time, put it away, 800-951-0592. And we'll, I guess we'll kind of wait and see what happens. Earnings, earnings start late next week. That's going to be the next indication of where it is we're going to be headed here. And it's going to be more about guidance than the earnings. Because the earnings aren't going to be very good. Everyone kind of knows that. It'll be about guidance. We'll see what happens. Major Radio News Hour. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll talk on Monday.